in this episode of Pastor Brad Rocks. Dude, I can see your face right now. I know you're like cringing. You're like, okay, where's the snooze button, man? I just need to shut this thing off because instantly we all know exactly what that is. It's it's that thing that wakes us up in the morning and uh, and, and, and it, we're just like, we kind of like know that we need it. We know it's important, but man, it's like we really wish it wasn't there at the moment, right? Because it's an alarm. An alarm is all about rousing us, waking us up, motivating us, spurring us on, saying, hey man, it's time to get moving. It's, it's time to start doing something. You get the point of an alarm. It's meant to motivate man and to say there's something that needs to start happening right now. Well, the Bible actually says quite a bit about sounding the alarm, waking up, arousing, you know, coming out of your sleep and, and getting busy with this super important thing that needs to be done. And we're going to talk about that today. I think it's going to be encouraging, educational. I think it might spur you on to consider something that is really important in your walk with the Lord. And I'm really glad you're hanging out with me, man, because I also get to share one more song. I've got a couple more left from uh, the Out of the Hellhole album, and, and this one is another one that I wrote back in the late 80s with Mike Davis and the band Blueprint that I was in, and uh, then re-recorded it for Out of the Hellhole, and it is called, very simply, Sound the Alarm, and I think it's definitely going to rock you up, man. So, all right, I'm glad you're here. I am ready to do this. I know the Lord is in this. He's here. He wants to speak to you, so let's do it. Pastor Brad here, your 80s heavy metal head banging, Jesus loving online pastor. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. Hey, wherever you happen to be listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you're enjoying these podcasts, whatever platform you happen to be on, if you can leave a thumbs up or a comment or share this episode with a friend, that would be awesome to help the audience grow. God bless you, man. Thank you in advance so much for that. And now let's move on to the point of today's podcast. There are lots of different kinds of alarms, aren't there? We heard the at the beginning of the episode. There's a smoke detector or a fire alarm. There's the check engine light on your car, which isn't really like an alarm, but it might be. I mean, it's definitely giving you a message. Every alarm is tied to a specific situation. And when you hear that alarm, it means, hey, there might be something going on right here and you need to not just sit there and ignore it. You need to get up and check this out. You need to jump into action, right? You need to respond in some way. That's what alarms are all about. Alerting us to something, waking us up, calling us to action. Here's what the Bible says in Joel, the prophet Joel, chapter two, verse one. It says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. Dude, I'll never forget it this past spring. My kids were in school over in Nashville. We live in Cookville, which is like an hour east of Nashville. And uh, our kids called us from from school and said, hey, mom and dad, don't want you to be worried, but um, we, we're in like a, our safe place because there's a tornado coming through Nashville. And of course, we're still like concerned. We said we prayed for them and we said, call us when it's over and that kind of thing. And uh, this would have been about one o'clock in the morning when we got this phone call. I kind of rolled over, kept my phone by my bed and dozed back off to sleep. 
And about an hour later, man. Or something, you know, like that. It was this real blaring noise. This alarm went off because I had an app on my phone for, for the weather, right? The weather app. And it was saying, take shelter. Take shelter now. Tornado is, is you know, warning is in your area. And, of course, I never woke up so fast in my life. I jumped up. I got Kel. And I said, honey, we got to get to the basement. I think because it was just the two of us here. We came down to the basement. We got back in the corner, you know. And our basement is built in such a way, or our house is built in a way where we're on a hill. And so the front of our house is underground, but the, it slopes off toward the back. And so so the back of the house, we have windows, and you can see out the back of the basement. It was dark, and yet, with all the lightning, you could still see the landscape outside. And then we started to hear, hear the hail start to fall, which if you've grown up around tornadoes, you know that there's always hail, or often hail, associated with uh, the presence of a tornado. And I was like, honey, it's getting close. And um, turns out that the tornado passed just about a mile from our house, and there was a lot of destruction here in Cookville. It was really crazy. But... I remember us pausing and saying, oh, thank you, Lord, for that alarm. Thank you for waking us up to that. I mean, unfortunately, as I say, I'm thanking God. I know a lot of people got hurt by it. And uh, man, my heart still goes out to them because many of them are still trying to recover from it. And of course, the very worst thing about that evening was that a number of lives were lost in that storm. The alarm, man, it wakes you up to the fact that something is coming. Something important is coming big time. And you need to wake up and take some action right now, right? And man, we're thankful. We're thankful for alarms. In Joel chapter 2, verse 1, it's an amazing problem of an amazing event that is coming, man. It is coming. And that's the whole point of the phrase sound the alarm in that passage. This passage would have had a specific context that it was speaking to at the time it was written. But this is how prophecy works. It, it speaks to a, a moment in time current, but then it also foreshadows an event coming in the future. When Joel speaks of that day or the coming of the day of the Lord. That is always, every time you hear the phrase in the Bible, the day of the Lord or that day, it's always a reference to the return of Christ. It's always a return to the consummation, the end of all things, judgment day, the day when the sky will split, the trumpet will sound, and Jesus will return on that white horse, and all wrongs will be righted, right? And all evil will be judged. And so Joel here is foreshadowing the coming of that day. He's saying, get ready, man. That alarm might mean for the person who doesn't believe, hey, you need to wake up. You need to understand that the gospel's true, that you really are a sinner, dude. And and that's not like a slam. That's what That's the boat that all of us are in. And that's why God sent the greatest life preserver in the world to us, Jesus, to be our savior, man, wake up. And to believers, it's an alarm that says, hey, dude, are you shining for the Lord? Are you living a life that is a witness for Jesus? Are you confessing Christ with your life? And it's not going around necessarily wearing a billboard on your chest saying, hey, turn or burn, dude, I'm a, I'm a Christ follower. It doesn't have to be uh, all, all like that. It's, it's all like, you know, God created you with a specific personality and he's put you in a specific situation and you have a circle of influence. And it's just about saying, God, help me to shine brightly in my circle of influence. Help, I want everyone, first off, starting with my friends, to know I love you. I'm not just religious. I'm not just a churchgoer. I love you. And you're my savior. I'm grateful for that. And then if you just begin to give off that vibe with your life, people will see that and it'll have an impact. And so it's just kind of a call to arms to say, hey, live this life. Be salt. Be light, man. Be a witness for Jesus. Begin to pray. You know, if maybe there's a friend who doesn't know Christ, say, Lord, help me to have eyes to see opportunities to say, hey, I'll pray for you, man. Or, hey, dude, you ought to you gotta come to church this Sunday. We're talking about this thing. I, I know we've been talking. And I think this would really help you or my small group or whatever, you know, whatever's the case or the situation in your life. Just begin to say, Lord, help me to be a witness. And he will. 
In Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, this is an amazing passage of scripture. This is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. He's come into the synagogue. He was a Jew, so he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he would have been recognized as a rabbi and as a guest in the synagogue that Saturday. They would have invited him to read the scriptures. And so they brought him the scripture, and he opens it up. And there's an interesting backstory to this. In Sabbath worship, they would have had a prescribed reading for the day. But Jesus doesn't read the prescribed reading. He goes to the prophet Isaiah and he reads the specific passage that he wants to communicate with the people because he's going to read a prophecy that was fulfilled in him. And so he begins to read here in Luke chapter 4, a passage from Isaiah. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And it goes through this whole list of things that he's going to do as the Messiah. And that the last part of that particular passage ends with, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's another one of those catchphrases that you need to study and understand what it means. The year of the Lord's favor is the age of the gospel. He has come to proclaim the age of God, offering grace to all who will turn to Messiah and receive him. And of course, Jesus hasn't even died yet, but he's come to fulfill that mission and to go to the cross and to open that age where Jesus has stretched his arms out wide and said, come to me, whoever will. And that is the age we live in right now. And that's why I'm sounding an alarm today to say, hey, dude, now, today, right now, man, we're in that age. We're in the time to turn to God. And wow, it's been 2000 years. What a gracious, patient God. We have that he's left the door open that long. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse two, for he says, for God says in the time of my favor, I heard you and in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you now is the time of the Lord's favor. Now is the day of salvation. In other words, what Paul is saying is, dude, if you're waiting for the right time, the right time is right now. How many times in my life have I heard this sentiment? Hey dude, I just need to clean a few things up. I just need to get it together, man. And then I'm gonna start going to church. Dude, let me tell you something. In comparison to a holy, perfect, righteous God, you're never gonna be good enough. You're never gonna get it together. That's the whole point of salvation. Salvation, the root word salvage. Okay, you need to be salvaged. It's not like you need to clean it up. We never get clean enough. I've been preaching through the book of Romans and I, I, I love this book. In the first chapter, Paul declares, I am not ashamed of the gospel, man, because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. And then in chapters two and three, he just systematically cuts off every argument that we use to try to justify ourselves. He says, you can't be you on your own, on your own strength. You're not capable of being good enough. You can't be religious enough. You can't be moral enough. You can't work your way into this. There's nothing, absolutely nothing you can do to earn God's acceptance or to earn salvation. Okay, so forget it. The only way to be made right with God is through faith in Jesus, surrendering to him as Lord. And then in chapter four, after he, he, he cuts our legs off in chapters two and three, he teaches us what faith looks like. He says, look, look at Abraham. He uses Abraham as the example. He says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Okay, in other words, he trusted God and he obeyed. That's what faith does. It trusts and obeys. God came to Abraham, listen to this. This is an awesome word picture for you, okay, of, of the gospel. And it's exactly what Jesus calls us to do in the New Testament. He came to Abraham and he essentially said, listen, I want you to leave your old life. Leave your household, leave all, everything that is you're in your old life, leave it behind. Turn away from that and follow me. And that's what Abraham did. 
And that's exactly what we're called to do. The world behind me, the cross before me, following him. And then in chapter five, Paul says that because we have stepped into this life of faith, trusting and obeying God, now we are justified, which means we have been made just as if we've never sinned. And then he also says in that verse that we now have peace with God. And then in the next verse, he says we stand, we have access to grace in which we stand. We've been made right with God, justified. We have peace with God and now we stand in grace. That is awesome. But that's also why the alarm is so important because if you're outside of Christ, you're not justified. You are at war with God. You're an object of his wrath and you are outside of grace. That is a very, very, very bad thing. And there's nothing you can do on your own apart from Christ to make it better. So that's why Paul says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, right now, this moment, this day is the day of salvation. We are living in the midst of God's favor right now. The age of his favor, the day of the Lord is approaching and the day of his favor we're in right now. And so right now is the time to be salt and to be light. And I want you to understand that if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, here's how Jesus describes you. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are my witnesses, okay? He's not saying you need to try to be. Get up there this day and say, oh, help me to be really salty today, God. No, what you do is you wake up and you say, Lord, I love you. I wanna live for you today. And just by living for him today, thinking about the words that come out of my mouth, the the attitude that I demonstrate around my friends, the way I live, the way I treat people, I wanna do it in a way that glorifies God. Just by living a life that honors and glorifies God with your actions and your attitude and, and all those things, you will be salt you will be like. And if you if you sprinkle in there a prayer of, Lord, if there's an opportunity for me to open my mouth and testify about you or invite a friend to church or talk with a friend about faith or just sprinkle a good word about something good you're doing in my life or just say out loud, praise the Lord, man, God has really been good to me here. And just give, give God glory in front of your friends that way, you know, just not in a forced way, just in a genuine way. Dude, you will begin to be that salt and that light. And honestly, as you live that way, God will use your life as an alarm in their life, okay? Listen to this, you're a witness, that's a legal term. And if you think about a court case, the witness is not the prosecuting attorney. You don't have to convince them of everything. You don't have to have all the answers, okay? You're not the jury, you're not the ones who are making the decision, you're not the judge, you're not any of those things, you're just the witness. You know what the witness does? The witness sits on the stand and says, let me tell you what I saw, man, let me let me tell you about my experience. That's all the witness does. And that's all you're called to do is to, to live a life that says, hey man, all I know is that I was broke and Jesus made me clean, man. And I'm so grateful that he lives in my heart and he gives me peace and he gives me joy and I love him, man. You just live a life that exudes that and the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest, all right? It'll stir up in people's hearts and people whose hearts are are, are ready to receive it. He'll he'll turn that alarm on and say, hey, today is the day of salvation, man. You need to turn. And maybe they'll say, hey, you go to church, don't you? Hey, I've seen you. I've seen you reading the Bible, right? What? And, And they'll start a spiritual conversation and you'll have an opportunity to tell them about what Jesus has done in your life or invite them to church or whatever's appropriate at the time. And the Holy Spirit will lead in all of that. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but can have eternal life. Dude, that's the offer. And that's what we carry around in our hearts as witnesses everywhere we go. And the alarm is all about just waking us up to how important it is to live a life 
that reveals that to people so that people can see that in our, our daily actions as we give off that I love Jesus vibe, right? As we're salt and as we're light and as we open our mouth to actually say, I love the Lord when it's appropriate or, hey man, let me pray for you when it's appropriate. The alarm is all about waking us up to the fact that we need to take action, man. We need to wake up every day and say, Lord, help me to shine brightly for you today because there's people all around me who need to know Christ. You don't have to force anything. You don't have to be anything you're not. Just be genuinely who God made you to be and say, Lord, help me to live a life that genuinely helps people to see that I love you, man. And help me not to shrink back if I need to open my mouth and say something. Encourage somebody, you know, uh, if, if, I, if there's a place I can put a scripture up where I work or if I can bring a little New Testament or grab a Bible app and put it on my phone and, and read some scripture at lunch or, or whatever, just something that allows me to stay connected to you and maybe even spur a spiritual conversation on. Give me, God, creative ways to witness and to start conversations with folks. And I promise you, you begin to pray and think like that and God will fill your mind with awesome ways to do that. So let's talk about the song, Sound the Alarm. Okay, this would have been back around 1989-ish, right in the very, very early days of my new walk with Jesus after I'd recommitted my life to him in 1987. I'm in this band called Blueprint, and there's these dudes, uh, Drew Hirsch and Brad Newman and uh, myself. We didn't have a bass player. Bass players were really hard to find. That's crazy. So so Brad was trying to cover it on the keyboards, and and uh, anyway, yada, 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 too much information. But on this particular day, we were at Drew's house, and he had a uh, big utility room off the front of the house where he lived, and we were set up there jamming, and Mike Davis, who was our singer, he wasn't there that day, and I brought this riff, the opening riff to the song, to the band, and we just started jamming on it, and man, just through improv, it just evolved into the song sound the alarm and when mike showed up we said dude we got a song we got a, we're, we're ready to go man we and we got excited and mike started writing lyrics and we we put this thing together a few months later we recorded it at new hope christian church i remember we set up late at night like at midnight nobody was there and we 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 kind of set up in separate rooms we thought we were being really studioish and cool by separating things out we had a fostex four track if you remember those we recorded this song and uh, later i used that tape to uh get the uh, lyrics when I redid it in 2004 for Out of the Hellhole and I think I got 90% of the lyrics exactly the way Mike sang them and uh, I recorded the song just like exactly the way it was done way back in 89 so i hope it rocks you up i hope it spurs you on hope it wakes you up hope it says hey man let's get out there let's sound the alarm here it is man enjoy
All right. Hey, man, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it, and I hope it totally rocked you up for Jesus. As we wrap things up here, let me quickly say, if you dig what I'm doing, man, and you're blessed by the music, the podcast, the teaching videos, etc., and you want to support this ministry, this mission to reach classic metalheads for Jesus, I want to invite you to head over to my Patreon page and learn how your just couple dollars a month will make a huge difference in this ministry. And also about some amazing exclusive benefits that you'll receive in exchange for your support. The link to my Patreon page will be at the very top of the show notes. So head over there, check it out, learn about it, pray about it. And whatever you decide, man, God bless you. And thanks for being part of the Pastor Brad Rocks family, man. Remember to like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all those things. That helps the show to grow. Really appreciate it. Stop by PastorBradRocks.net sometime. Over there, you can learn all about the ministry, the music, get some free uh, music downloads, all kind of cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, best decision you'll ever, ever, ever make, promise bar none. You can learn about that over at PastorBradRocks.net as well, or leave a comment here. I'll get back with you. Shoot me an email at PastorBrad at AOL.com. Yes, I still use AOL. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Brad, out.